Welcome to The Spartan Life, where we explore what it means to be a part of the Southern Lehigh family. And we attempt to cover all of the sweet, sweet goodness that is Southern Lehigh High School in 30 minutes or less. From first-hand coverage of exciting experiences, to intimate discussions with some of your favorite teachers, to inspirational interviews with diverse students on unique journeys. That's right, great students accomplishing great feats. We'll do our best to hit all of the highlights. But inevitably, we will fail. Because there's so much to celebrate, we're afraid your brains would simply melt if we tried to cover it all. We're your hosts. I'm Mr. Castagna. And I'm Mr. Howe. Join us as we venture into the heart of Southern Lehigh High School, one interaction at a time, on The The Spartan Spartan Life. Well, we've got a special episode of The Spartan Life for you this week for two reasons. First, we're going to take a deep dive into the rifle team and explore a sport that most people don't know much about. We're going to talk to a few team members throughout the episode and touch base with rifle coach and fantastic beard owner, Mr. Gogler, to uncover some of the intricacies and particulars of the sport of rifle. Should be an eye-opening and fun ride for our listeners. The second reason this is a special episode is that I'll be hosting it with a surprise guest co-host. Just for fun, I gave my usual partner in crime, Mr. Halp, the week off to shake up the format a bit. So, with no further ado, allow me to introduce this episode's co-host. Say hello, co-host. Hello. That is the voice of my eight-year-old daughter, Lorelai. Um, I'm nine. Oh, uh, sorry, honey. Daddy's got a lot to keep track of with the podcast and teaching and everything. My birthday was yesterday. Really? Where was I? Probably at the gym or something. Hmm. Priorities. Anyway, do you know anything about the rifle team? No. Well, that doesn't make you any different from the majority of our listeners. So up first, we've got a brief conversation with four members from the team to answer some burning questions about rifle. Enjoy. All right, what is your name, sir? My name is Alex Ambron. How did you get involved in rifle? I had an involvement with a friend who was talking to the rifle coach about joining the team. The coach does impressions and makes funny jokes, and that's kind of my personality. So I thought I would check it out, give him a try, and I joined the team. What is your name? Rachel Kressler. Rachel, how did you get involved in rifle? My older brother did it, and he's like my role model, so I just kind of followed in his footsteps. Richard Reed, how did you get involved in rifle? So my one friend introduced me, he said, there's a sport rifle, and I know you used to hunt. And he said, go down to Mr. Gogler's room. So I went down, checked it out, thought it was pretty interesting, and I thought I'd like it, so I went out for it. What is your name? Dino Dodona. Dino, how did you get involved in rifle? Um, My brother did it his freshman year a couple years ago, and that's how I found out about it. Shooting rifles seems like a high-pressure situation. What's your strategy when you shoot? Our coaches always talk about shooting for yourself rather than shooting for a team. So the way you handle pressure is you don't worry about shooting for a team. You don't worry about your other teammates' scores. You're trying to shoot the best score that you can. Um, I think to myself that someone will do good and they'll take my spot if I do bad, and that calms me down so I'll shoot better. I try to just get in a good state of mind. I try to think of space and just a serene environment and go from there, try to perform my best ability. 
I typically like to be mad before I shoot because it kind of just keeps me focused. And what is something people should know about rifle? Um, a question that I get a lot is if we use real guns, and yes we do, they're 22s. From the outside it looks super simple that anyone could do it, and but when you actually participate and try out the sport, you see it is a sport, it takes time, dedication, any little thing can go wrong, and it's not just laying down doing a simple task. It's a lot harder than most people think because you have to not only be mentally ready, we also have to be physically ready and you have to control your heart rate and your breathing. I get a lot of questions about shooting at other people and no, that is very unsafe. We do not shoot at the other team. It could lead to a lot of problems or even death, so it's not very safe. After that conversation, it dawned on me that I probably should have asked Rachel Kressler what she thinks about to get mad before she shoots. Then I thought about it some more and I thought, yeah, I don't really want to know. I'm also pretty surprised that people ask Alex Ambron if at rifle you shoot at the other team. That's murder. And uh, we don't want to go there, especially with my eight-year-old daughter on the podcast. I'm nine. My nine-year-old daughter on the podcast. We want to keep things family-friendly. Speaking of family-friendly, Lorelai, do you know where mommy and daddy got your name from? Um, speaking of which, no. Oh, you don't. Uh, it's from a family-friendly show called Gilmore Girls. Have you ever seen it when like mommy's watching it or daddy's watching it? Um, maybe once or twice. Yeah, there's a character named Lorelai, and that's one of the few shows that your mother and I ever watch together. Normally, you look at our DVR and you can see all of my shows are clearly mine, and all of her shows are clearly hers. But we both love that show and we love that name, and neither of us had ever had a Lorelai in class. Moving on, we are going to talk to Lizzie Kakezi, who is a standout junior on the rifle team. And she talks about her strategy for rifle and her plans for the future. And she also briefly touches upon the fact that her mother used to work at Southern Lehigh. Lorelai, would you enjoy it if mommy or daddy worked at your school? Um, no. Why not? Because you're annoying. I'm annoying? <laughs> so you think I would just follow you around all day and be really annoying and all in your business? Yes. Oh, well, then I guess it's good that you, me, and Mommy all go to three different places in the morning when we go to school and work. Are you ready for this interview with Lizzie Kikazi? Yes. Here we go. Enjoy. I'm sitting down with a distinguished member of our rifle team. Please say hello, Lizzie Kikazi. Hello. Uh, Lizzie, what grade are you in? I'm a junior. All right, you're a junior, so you still have another year of all this, rifle, school, everything else. Yes. All right. Uh, but you did very well this year in rifle. Can you tell us about your performance this season? How well did you do? How far did you make it? Um, individually, I, um, I dropped three points the whole season, so that put me ninth in the league. Um, they keep track of the top 20 shooters. And then I was eighth going into the top 20 match. Um, and then that led to the state individual match where I've qualified, and then I was third overall out of, um, I think, about 390 shooters. Third out of 390 shooters? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Does that come with a bronze medal or anything like that? I don't know. I've never placed that well um, in that match. I didn't, I didn't qualify my first two years on the team, so that's my first experience with all of this. Why do you think you did so much better this year? 
I think this year my mental game was a lot better than my past two years. I kind of I learned a lot um, in between last season and this season, and I really was disciplined in my shot process and made sure I did everything I could to have consistent matches. So your mental game was stronger. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about rifle. One of the points I'm going to keep hammering home on this podcast is that the average person doesn't know anything about rifle. They've mm-hmm. never been to one of the events. They've never seen it. They don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. So how are the events structured? Uh, how does the scoring work? You said you dropped three points. I don't, we don't know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then how do you train for all of that? Like, How do you get your mental game to the place you got it this year that you could end up in third place? Mm-hmm. So for the type of rifle that we do, we shoot at 50 feet indoors. Um, we only shoot prone, and um, we shoot at a target. The name of the target is an A17, which it's a little bit bigger than some other targets out there. Um, so on those targets, every target's out of 100 points, so the max you can get is 100, and then those have Xs, which is a center shot. So the, the deeper the 10, the more likely you'll have to have an X. So the highest score on those targets is 110X. Okay, so X means bullseye. X means bullseye, yeah. You pretty much hit dead center. Um, so now it's 10 targets, ten, 10 points apiece. 10 points apiece, yeah. So that gets me to 100. Where does the other 10 come from? The 10X comes from the X count on everyone. So you could get 10 points and an X from each shot. Gotcha. So not just the X distinction, mm-hmm. but you get an extra point if you hit the bullseye on each of those yeah, uh, if you if you're the dead center of the bullseye, you got a ten as well as next. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, and how do you train for that? Um, training, you have to be really disciplined in practice. You always want to practice how you're going to perform in a match. So if you have a specific process you go through to you know line up your shot and make sure that you set yourself up for success, you want to make sure you do that in a match. And that everything is consistent because consistency is what's going to let you succeed. Consistency. All right. Yes. That reminds me of when I was on the track team in high school. I was a mm-hmm. jumper. And before you would do your long jump or your triple jump, you would run backwards away from the pit and like count your steps. So you got into a consistent rhythm and then you just turn around and you would follow the muscle memory and do that consistent rhythm. And that way you wouldn't foul and you would jump the way you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Now, the different thing with rifle is... I could go and practice track on my own time. And in most sports, the kids who excel are the ones who leave practice and go home and keep practicing, right? So if I'm on the basketball team, I finish practice, and then I go home and I shoot 100 foul shots. How do you practice rifle outside of an actual practice session with the team? Um, There's a surprising amount of exercises you could do outside of practice. Um, These can include just, you know, laying in a prone position, holding a, a broom, (laughs) <laughs> like it's a rifle and just kind of making sure that you know you know how your breathing is and everything like that or um you can get into position and just i mean if you like i have my own rifle that i use for a club team so i could go home and i could get into position and i could dry fire like you know and practice my getting into position and breathing and everything at home so, and it's also important to i'd say like exercise is really important it'll help you even though we don't really have Um, much exertion going on during a match or practice. Have your parents ever walked into your bedroom and you're lying on the floor holding a broom pretending to be shooting? I've done it in my hallway before. (laughs) (laughs) And what kind kind of exercise? You said exercise Mm -hmm. is helpful with rifle. What kinds of exercises? Um, I'd say like body weight exercises and cardio. You know, to have your resting heart rate as low as possible will definitely help you. 
So now we've talked about the keys to your success and the mm-hmm. keys to your growth and your mental game and how you built it. What would you say is the key to the team's continued success year after year after year? Because they've been successful every year I've been here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, our team is continuously learning, and I think that really helps how everyone's always improving and they always have something new to work towards. And um, our practices are structured, so... I'd say they're more effective than other teams. You know, we always go into practice with a purpose, not just throwing lead down range, as people like to say. Throwing lead down range. Yeah. I like that a little yeah. uh, insider rifle slang. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we always we always tell everyone, you know, set a goal and make sure that you're always working on something so that way it doesn't, you know, get boring and you're like, why am I not doing well, you know? Everyone always has something to work towards, and I think that really helps us. Any particular shout-outs? Anybody who worked really hard on something this season and you felt was successful? Um, I would say our whole sophomore class did super well, and just the growth that they had was crazy because, you know, our varsity team, we could only have 10 shooters on it. So, And the sophomore class is our biggest class. They have a lot of competition just how much all of them have grown and learned over the past year is crazy because now they're making up a large part of our varsity team. Well, it certainly sounds commendable. We're going to throw out a couple names. Who are some of the sophomores on the team? Um, Briley Trinkle, Veronica Comfort, John Comfort, Megan Hummel, Sam Tilly. Um, who else? Dino Dodona. I said earlier in the episode that a lot of people lack experience with rifle, and we've clarified, I think, a lot about what it looks like, uh, what the events consist of, how the scoring works. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what is something that somebody outside rifle should know about rifle? Like, are there weird questions you get from people? Oh, yeah. I get weird comments about rifle all the time. I mean, I think the biggest thing is people always think we throw rifles, like the color guard. Like, they think we, like, toss them around. That you're twirling the rifles? like, twirling them, and, you know, we're like, no, we're not (laughs) twirling anything. (laughs) I'd like to make clear, I did not think that for a second. I was aware it was a shooting Uh event. Oh, that's pretty funny. So Um, you don't throw the rifles? No, we don't don't throw them at all. Very expensive. That would be bad. Um, (laughs) uh, It's not scary or dangerous. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you do rifle. I remember, this is kind of funny, I was getting my nails done one time, and um, the guy doing my nails asked what sport I do, and I said a rifle, and he... He freaked out. He was like, oh, my gosh, if my kids ever asked to do that, I'd say, no, you're going to play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not dangerous. It's not scary. I mean, safety is a really, really, really big concern. Definitely the number one thing that we pay attention to. Um, and I, everything is more, like, intricate than people think. You know, they're like, it's like, oh, you're shooting at 50 feet. That's so easy. You know, you're so close to the target. But our margin of error is, like, millimeters. So... Yeah, it's everything's really careful and intricate, and we we don't do any like crazy rapid fire, you know, anything like that. So the guy doing your nails was shocked that you do rifle. Oh yeah. Um, and as I look at you, I I don't know that you're the kind of person that screams, "I do rifle." Uh-huh. So I am curious, how did you get into rifle? Um, my mom told me that the school had a team. I had no idea, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And your mom used to work here, my right? Mom did. She was an IA. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'd never shot a gun before, ever. So, I mean, she could have told you there was a cheerleading team, uh-huh. right? But she told you rifle, yeah. and you had no experience with that. Why, why did you respond by saying, oh, great, let me give that a try? Um, I don't know. I was really curious. I wanted to try something new. Um, previously, I ran cross-country and track in, when I was in elementary school and then into the middle school. But, um, yeah, I really wanted to try something new, and I never shot a gun, so I was curious, you know, how I would be at it. I thought it was a good opportunity to 
I don't know, try something new. I was a freshman, so my parents were always like, you know, join new clubs, meet, meet new people. So no experience with guns whatsoever. No. But then, and that made you curious. Yeah, it did. Gee, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know going into my freshman year, all summer long, I watched YouTube videos on small bore rifle because a lot of people told me the team's really hard to make. So I, I did everything I could, never shooting a gun, to try and you know, increase my chances of making the team. I guess it just goes to show you can learn anything on YouTube, uh-huh. right? It won't exactly. necessarily make you great at it, but yeah. it'll give you a sense of what you have to do and how it works. Exactly, a little bit. It was a good start. Yeah. I just replaced some drywall in my uh, ceiling in my spare bedroom. <laughs> Learned how to do it on YouTube. Yeah. Didn't, didn't have to have anybody coach me through. <laughs> didn't have to pay a guy to do it. Did it myself. Awesome. Yeah, and you learned how to shoot rifle. Exactly. Uh, pretty effectively, <laughs> I guess. Was yeah. it third out of 390? Third out of 390, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, yeah. Uh, where, where do you go from here? Is there a collegiate equivalent of rifle? Is there a professional equivalent? Is this something that translates to the Olympics? Uh, what could you do with it? So our style of shooting does not transfer to college or any professional teams, but um, there are club teams. Like I, The club team I shoot for, we do three positions. So we sh- shoot prone, kneeling, and standing. And then we also do air rifle. So that's either 3P or 60-shot standing air. So you're also in a private club Mm -hmm. outside of rifle. Yeah. So you don't just have experience shooting prone. You've done it other ways. I've done, yes. Kneeling, standing, and sitting. Would you like to continue any of that uh, in college? Um, I don't think I'm going to continue any of it into college. Um, I started kind of late, and I know I had a really short window of deciding, you know, do I want to shoot in college or not? Um, A lot of the leagues that I shoot for outside of school you know they're open to anyone so even though I'm not a junior anymore I could still shoot for those leagues which that'd be fun to do in my free time you're also really active in FBLA Mm -hmm. what is your title in that club and what are your responsibilities so I'm the secretary of FBLA and um a few of my responsibilities would be you know taking meeting notes um and then working with the other officers and Mr. Gansky and Mrs. Peralta for other like fundraisers and events and things we do. Would you like to follow up on that when you go off to college? Um, maybe if they had a, a business club, you know, that'd be cool. Uh, and now your college plans mm-hmm. uh, and your future plans might include, I believe, law enforcement or the National Guard. Is that correct? Yes, maybe. There's a lot of details to work out with that. And I mean, I don't, I'm not 17 yet, so I can't really make any huge decisions. So is there a history of law enforcement or, um, what do I want to say? Military service, National Guard service in your family? Um, besides my grandparents, no. Wow. So where does this interest come from? Um, I, a while back when I was in seventh grade, my mom told me she started to do ROTC. and But she never commissioned or followed through on that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool, though. Because, I don't know, she told me all the stuff that they did, and I thought it was really interesting. Following in mom's footsteps, but maybe but, taking a few steps more. Yes, a lot, a lot more steps. Yeah. <laughs> I've also heard you're interested in possibly completing your basic training after your junior year of high school. And that would be basic training for the National Guard? Yes. Yeah. And I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. They, How does that work? They do have an option for um, high schoolers. I don't know if they let college kids do that, but um, you can enlist when you're 17 if your parents approve. So, um, yeah, you just go to basic in between your junior and senior year of high school and um, your job training after your senior year of high school and freshman year of college. What would your basic training look like? Do you know? Um, I have a little bit of an idea, but I don't, I don't completely know. I mean, what do you know? Uh, 
I mean, you get to do a bunch of cool stuff. You get to like throw grenades and you do a lot of shooting, but yeah. Live grenades? Yes. <laughs> that sounds incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it, I'm, it is. <laughs> but it's really intense training too, right? Yes. Like they try to weed people out and oh, yeah. make sure you're fit for National Guard service. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking a lot of push-ups, a obstacle lot. course yeah. training. You go to, you, I mean, you go to bed on time. You wake up really early at like 4.30 in the morning to do PT and everything. But yeah. So I, I don't know a, a whole lot more than that of what you do. Do you have any other interests you might pursue if, uh, if you decide not to go the law enforcement National mm-hmm. Guard route? What else are you interested in? Um, I've been looking at nursing, oh, which okay. is kind of, it's kind of different, but it's kind of sticking with the like, first responder, helping people type sure. of thing. Yeah, service to others. Service to others, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you've got one more year here at the high school mm-hmm. and one more year on the rifle team? Yes. So do you have any specific goals for next year? Um, specifically for the rifle team, I just want to have a, another really successful season. Um, maybe place even better than we did. Cause I mean, I've been learning, I've been going to rifle clinics and I feel like I've learned some stuff that I could, you know, teach my teammates that will really help us next season. All right. Well, congratulations on a successful season and good luck for another one next year thank you and good luck with your uh basic training if you go through with that after your junior year (laughs) all right and uh please tell your mother that we all uh, here at the high school said hello i will (laughs) all right thank you lizzie all right thank you so lizzie's making all kinds of plans for the future but she's also trying to enjoy the time she has remaining at southern lehigh planning for another successful year with rifle uh and contributing to the uh, fbla club as well Lorelai, you're eight. I'm nine. Oh, God. Uh, you're nine. What's your favorite part of school? Um, I like math and recess. Math and recess. What do you like about math? Why do you like math? I'm an English teacher, so it, uh, you know, I die a little inside when I hear you becoming a math person. Um, I like math because it's easier and um, I find it easy to do the problems really easily in my head. So easy is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah. And you also like recess? Yes. Man, at eight years old. I'm nine. At nine years old, school is still really fun and you guys have recess. You know who would enjoy that? Mr. Goggler, the coach of the rifle team. He loves being outside. As a matter of fact, before he decided to become a tech ed teacher, he was on a path to go into forestry. And he talks all about how he could just spend all of his time outdoors. And he ultimately wants to hike the Appalachian Trail, the entire Appalachian Trail by himself. The whole Appalachian Trail? Whole thing. He's going to start in the south and work his way north, and uh, he's going to do it all by himself. How much? How long will that take? Well, he tells us all about it in the interview. It's going to take weeks, and he breaks it down by how many miles he can cover in a day and how much ground he can cover, um, but that is uh, one of his goals that he is currently pursuing. He has also gotten back into competition rifle shooting, and he's going to tell us all about all of that in this interview. Enjoy our talk with Mr. Gogler. Welcome to the Spartan Life, Mr. Goggler. How are you, sir? Oh, doing spectacular. How are yourself? I'm pretty good. Uh, we're putting together this rifle-themed episode, so we thought, of course, that you were the staff member we should talk with. Yeah, I have some experience. Yeah, I would say so. But for any of our listeners who have not been on the rifle team, have never been in your class, tell us what courses you teach and what professional roles you fill here at the high school. 
Uh, I mainly teach the Foundations of Technology 1 class, uh, technology education's area I specialize in, uh, and I'm also doing the new Project Lead to A classes. So we started this year with uh, Introduction to Engineering, uh, and it's basically a whole series of courses uh, specified for the engineering career field. Wow, and that's new. That is brand new. Where did that come from? Did you design that? Uh, did administration bring it to you? What was the impetus for that? Uh, it's actually a national organization. So Project Lead to Way is the organization. Uh, and it was formed by a, basically a partnership of colleges who realized that uh, students from high school coming in engineering professions really did not have the skill sets they were looking for. So they developed a, you know, a set of classes to help encourage and to foster those skill sets. So when they got to the collegiate level for engineering, that they were prepared, ready to go and you know, take the next step in their basically educational career. Wow, that's pretty cool. So what do those high school classes look like? Uh, if I am in high school and I have an inclination toward engineering, can I start taking that stuff as a freshman? How many classes are there? Tell us a little bit more. Yes. Uh, the first level is what we started this year. It's uh, called ID, Introduction to Engineering Design. Uh, it's basically made for ninth grade uh, students, but you can take, any grade can take it. Uh, and then the progressions goes, next year we're going to be offering principles of engineering and computer integrated manufacturing. Uh, and those can be taken as a sophomore through senior. Uh, and then we have a capstone course, uh, Engineering Design. Uh, and that is mainly geared towards seniors. Uh, it's an open-ended project. So the students develop their own project, have to research it, design it, prototype it, test it, and then market it. Wow. So uh, what has the response been to Project Lead the Way? Do we have a lot of students who are taking those courses? I have two pretty full classes. Uh, and again, it's it's you know not going to be for the mass uh, student here at Sutherland High, but it's definitely for anyone who's included for any type of like STEM career or engineering or anything like that. Those are the students that those uh, courses will actually capture. And that's why it has an honors weight, because it does have a lot of projects. It does have uh, some reduced timelines and it really pushes the uh, curriculum. So as the students age up, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, and we integrate all of the courses you were describing, yes. are you the guy who's going to teach all of them? Uh, both myself and Mr. Clully will okay. split courses as we go through. All right. Uh, so let's talk about you as a teacher. How did you become a teacher? What inspired you to get into the profession? Where did you go to school? How did you end up here at Southern Lehigh? Tell us about your educational journey. Actually, it was kind of accidental. I actually would have guessed that about you. Uh, I don't think you'll mind my using this word, uh, but you strike me as an introvert. Yes, just slightly. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, at lunch uh, years back, I probably said some uh, somewhat insulting things to you because you would sit at lunch and you'd just kind of look at your phone. And when I was a younger man, I was kind of arrogant and ignorant and uh, you know immature. So uh, my apologies for anything I may have said. It's all good. Uh, and now I look at you and I think, wow, that's a guy who's just really comfortable in his own skin. Uh, and you do a great job with the students. But how does an introvert become the guy in front of the classroom? Uh, I didn't read my paperwork correctly. <laughs> so I actually was going to school to be uh, a forestry manager, uh, and I applied to New York State School of Forestry and got accepted, but I didn't realize you needed your prereqs prior to going there full-time. So all your humanity courses and stuff like that, you were supposed to take at another institution because that's a pure science-based institute. And I got to basically April of my senior year realizing I don't have a college because I can't go to that one until I have more college classes. So that wasn't a joke. You literally read the paperwork wrong. Yes. 
<laughs> All right. So you're a senior. It's April. Yes. And you don't have the requirements. Right. So what do you do? So Millersville actually had open enrollment for technology education majors. And I took every tech ed class in high school I could possibly take. Uh, so my guidance counselor said, why don't you try here? And I went there and realized, hey, I actually am good at this. I like doing this. And let's pursue this. So I dropped the forestry aspect and became a teacher instead. So you said when you were in high school, you took every tech ed class possible. Yes. Where does your interest in tech ed come from? Uh, my family comes from a construction background. So, you know, between my mother's side as a farmer and my dad's side with construction, I had everything hands-on you could basically do as a child. Wow. So you're like the, the one white-collar guy in a blue-collar family. Yeah, more or less. Pretty cool. I mean, you know, what we do is sort of like white-collar, blue-collar. Yeah. I was just talking about that with the students today because we were talking about working class, and we were trying to figure out where teachers fit. We're this weird amalgam. No, I don't mind getting dirty or working on stuff or designing things. I actually really enjoy that. So. Well, speaking of getting dirty, do you ever think back to when you were a forestry major and you had aspirations of just being in the trees uh, and being in the mountains? It is peaceful out there. That's it, one thing I like about it, and that's really why I love is. hiking and camping. So Yeah. Um, does any part of you wish you had pursued that career or that the requirements had worked out the right way? Sometimes, you know, a lot of times during the summer when I am on a long hike or something like that, sometimes you, you know, wonder what could have been, but I'm happy where I'm at now, so. Yeah, it actually sounds kind of serendipitous, like it was supposed to work out this way. Yep. Uh, some uh, power beyond you made the decision. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. Um, but this isn't, or at least wasn't, your only job for a long time no. since, once you became a teacher. Uh, as a lot of our listeners probably know, at least the staff members, you worked full-time at Dorney Park? Yeah, more or less. More or less, yeah. while you were a teacher, a full-time teacher. Yes. That's a tremendous amount of work. So first, tell us, what was your job like at Dorney? What were you doing there? Uh, I had various positions. I basically put, uh, overall, 25 years into Dorney. I had 19 years in the foods division, and I did the last uh, six full-time with the haunt division. So I was one of the upper leaders. So basically, I ran large sections of the park or overall looked at sections of you know, whatever we're working on. So in foods, I did all the uh, compliance inspections and stuff like that. Loss prevention, I did warehousing, I did whatever they needed me to do. Uh, or I could run a whole section of a park for a day if they needed me to do that. So you said 25 years? 25 years, yeah. When did you start? 1993, when I was a junior in high school. Okay, so it was something you started when you were a junior in high school, yep. working summers? Yep. Okay, and then when you became a teacher, you just kind of stuck with it? Kind of stuck with it. Did It kept me out of trouble over the summertime, shall we say. Um, <laughs> and it just stuck with it. And me being slightly stubborn, too, I just decided that I'm going to do it until I don't like it anymore. And I decided to do 25 years. And uh, what changed your mind? What, what was it that, uh, what was the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back? After 25 years, what was it that you disliked enough that you walked away? Not really dislike, uh, more I want to do different things. I want to do more hiking, camping. Like my goal is to hike the Appalachian Trail in sections in the next five years. So working summers at Dorney will allow me to do large, you know, hiking sections or anything like that. So it was basically my love of the outdoors and I want to get back into that and actually start competitive shooting again. So I can't do that and hold like a full-time job over the summer. All right, I do want to get back to your uh, dream of hiking the Appalachian Trail. As an introvert, I'm curious if you would do that alone or if you have a partner in mind. Uh, but you did say you wanted to get back to competitive shooting. Yes. And I do want to talk a lot about the rifle team. So one of the questions I had for you is what is your background in rifle? Our team does very, very well competitively. So I'm assuming you bring some level of expertise to the table. 
What's your personal experience with rifle? Personal experience actually started in Boy Scouts when I was, you know, in middle school, high school, got, uh, you know, rifle, shotgun, merit badge, uh, just shooting at summer camps. And then when I got to the high school, I realized we had a rifle team and a couple of kids talked to me about joining a rifle team, joined a rifle team, spent all four years on it, was a captain my senior year. Uh, and that started my, you know, kind of competitive phase for rifle. Now, I remember when you first started working here, you were living in the district with your parents. Yes. Did you go to school here as well? Yes, I graduated from Southern You did. So you were on our rifle team? Yes. Okay. How did you do back in the day? Not too bad. Uh, I didn't know a lot, and I wish I could go back in time from what I know now to what I did when I was a, you know, a competitive shooter on our team because I would have been a lot better. Yeah. Uh, earlier in this episode, we spoke with Lizzie Kakezi, mm-hmm. and she told us a little bit about Rifle. Certainly, uh, our listeners would benefit from hearing about it a little bit more because we hear on the morning announcements what the score was, and it's you know 312x to 272x, and we hear that so-and-so did a good job and so-and-so did that, but we don't know what the terms mean. We don't know what the events look like. So in a nutshell, can you describe Rifle for anybody who's never seen it? Sure. For Southern Lehigh, we shoot prone, which is basically laying on the floor. Um, And what we do is we have each match, we have 10 shooters. So 10 kids qualify the day before, go to the match, uh, and we take the top five scores. How do they qualify? Uh, By score. So we shoot targets in practice, and we take the the first target, and uh, basically the top 10 scoring kids go to the match out of the 24 kids on a team. What do the targets look like, just so our listeners can have a visual? Uh, It's slightly larger than a normal piece of paper, and there's 10 bulls spread across the outside of the target. When you say bulls, you mean bullseyes? Bullseyes, Not not like the animal, a bull with horns. Nope, an actual bullseye, which is basically consists of a series of rings and the closer you can get to the dead center of the bullseye the more points it's worth you said there's multiple bullseyes on each piece of paper yes there are 10 bullseyes on a piece of paper and then that target is worth 100 points total gotcha so i don't keep shooting at the same target i want to get as close to the center of each of those targets as i possibly can so what's a maximum possible score a perfect score on a target we shoot for a regular league is 110 x 110 x so each each bull's worth 10 points and an an x signifies that you hit dead center okay oh x is dead center x is dead center on any one of those targets correct okay so when we have quite a few kids that this year have shot 110x during a competition. And that's a perfect score? Yes. Okay. Um, on average, what's a good score? A good score should be, for that target, anywhere from 107x up. So uh, 100 points, so you haven't, you've hit more or less center on all your targets and then at least seven dead centers. Wow. So you're expected to be pretty good. Yes. Okay. That's... At least on my team it is, because we are very competitive and I have really good kids. Okay, tell us about that. Tell uh, Again, like we hear that uh, so-and-so shot at a national level or so-and-so went to a competition, you know, three, four hours away. Just how competitive and how successful was our team this season? Uh, we are fourth in the state. Fourth in the state? Yes. Wow. Oh, that's, I mean, when you say it like that, that's incredibly impressive. Yes. Uh, and, and I think I heard you talking at lunch the other day that the end of the season was anticlimactic. You guys wanted right. to do a little bit better. Um, how well do you think you guys could have done? Uh, I think we could have gotten at least, because we were only 1.5 points away from third. 
Uh, wow, that's really close. <laughs> yeah, and considering you have 10 kids shooting, like that's, that's like one shot. Yeah, incredibly close. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at some of my kids, we all had whatever kind of plague is going around in high school right now. We had a couple kids with the flu, and just we were pretty well straggling at that point. So I really think we could have been a state uh, medalist, uh, and we have placed second place in the state uh, before. So the highest you've placed is second yes. in the state. That's incredible. Yeah. Outstanding work, my friend. And we've been around since the 1950s. We're the second oldest sport here at Suddenly High. All right. And we've taken second since you've been a coach? Yes. How long have you been coaching? Uh, since 2007. What does a practice look like? Uh, we basically board a bus directly after school. Uh, we drive over to the Hellertown Sportsman Association because we can't use the range in the school anymore. Uh, Where was the range in the school? Actually underneath the stage. Underneath the stage. Okay. Um, and they have a uh, indoor pistol range there that we rent out uh, for a couple hours each night. Um, we have to set it up because uh, it's set up for not the way we shoot. So we got to uh, set some physical equipment up, uh, and then the kids get ready, and we do relays, and then we just start shooting targets depending on what we do, uh, two targets or one target and different types of targets just to increase their skill levels and work on fundamentals. Wow. I'm curious. I don't want to generalize, but what kind of students does rifle attract? Are these kids with experience shooting rifles? Are they mostly hunters? Are they uh, students who want to go on to careers in the military or law enforcement? Uh, is it students who have no experience shooting guns at all? The answer to that question is yes. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. You, you look at the students on my team, and they're such an eclectic group of kids. You know, I have, I have students who are barely five feet tall. I have students that are well over six feet, you know, like six foot five tall. You know, I everything in between. It's almost 50-50 girls versus boys. I have extreme academics. I have kids who are in the academic eligibility list. I have <laughs> hunters. I have students who have never touched a firearm before they came out and tried out for the team. So there is no formula. There is no one thing that makes a, you know, a good person other than the willingness to try and learn. But something's been consistent because every year we're really successful. Yes. Well, so what do you think is the key to our success as a rifle team? I, just the attitude of the students. Like, I'm going to put into the team whatever that my students want. So if they're willing to learn, I'm willing to help them out with it. So as a coach, that's all I can ask for for my students. So you just keep attracting kids with the right attitude? Yes. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit. Let's shift away from rifle and talk a little bit about your personal life. All right. Uh, I, like I said, you're an introverted guy. You really love your phone. Yeah. You seem like a guy who's into all kinds of gadgets, especially you helped out with the robotics team for a yes. while, right? Yeah, I ran a robotics team when I started here till about three years ago. Okay, and uh, any reason you shifted away from that? Uh, just too much time. Yeah, I would imagine between uh, Dorney and robotics and rifle. Yeah, I was basically getting back from rifle practice and staying here till 11 o'clock at night working all day saturday all you know most of the time sunday as well and then no time for myself whatsoever i don't know how you do it man i'm useless without sleep i need like a good solid seven eight hours oh no I, last night i think i got four and a half like as long as i get anywhere above five i'm usually functional so holy cow so so what are you doing at home that's keeping you up that late what are you into like what kinds of gadgets are you busying yourself with or or hobbies you're a very hands-on guy uh, I mean, like during the rifle season, I'm repairing equipment because uh, we have to send it out to someone. It could be a month till we see it back. So I do a lot of repairs myself. Uh, uh, the new courses we're doing, I'm actually doing a lot with that, trying to learn the new software packages and, you know, doing all the curriculum ahead of time. Uh, so that's taken up a large portion of my time. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I do like computer games. So I build my own computers. 
Uh, I like to, you know, just work on projects around the house and renovating my house. So I'm currently gutting rooms and redoing stuff and, you know, fixing whatever's ailing my 70-year-old house. So Yeah. That'll keep you busy. Yeah. I like to just casually throughout that you build computers. Yeah. Even I, in the middle of all that. I got a whole server, I got a whole network. I got five computers at my house right now that I'm working on. I think you're the kind of guy the government's afraid of. <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of guy the government likes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. You're a rule follower for sure. Uh, now, you said you like to hike. Yes. Uh, you seem like a guy who also likes to fish. Yes. Do you hunt? I don't, actually. You don't. Okay. But you want to get back in a competitive shooting, correct? Yes. How would you do that? What does that look like? What do they have for, for guys our age? Uh, basically, almost the same thing kids are doing. Uh, so there's quite a few adult leagues and actually combined leagues around the area, and it's the same thing, same type of equipment, same targets that you shoot, um, and you just show up to the matches and you start entering them. Uh, this summer I actually did a couple two-day two outdoor matches, uh, and I did get my competitor's card. So I've shot enough competitive matches at a certain level to actually get certified, shall we say, to be a competitor in those matches. Oh, outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you. You think you'll stick with it? Oh, yeah. This is, you know, it's a passion of mine, and I'm also doing it to help the team because the more I relearn about the sport and the more I'm around people who do this a lot, the more I can bring back and help the students on my team. So let's get back to your plan to hike the Appalachian Trail. Yes. Now, you said you want to do it in stretches, right? Yes. How'd you describe it? Uh, sections. Sections, excuse me. So you want to do it in sections. Uh, where would you start? You want to do the whole thing? Yeah, you, you basically start down in Georgia. Uh, so you start down south and yeah, work your way up. You work your, work your way up. Uh, or you could also do, there's, they call it southbound and northbound. So either start up north and walk down or start south and walk, walk up. But the majority of people start south and walk up. Um, and that's my plan to take, you know, six, seven weeks during the summer vacation, fly down to Georgia, hike as far up as I think I can get, fly home, and then do it in two or three years, hopefully. Would you be doing this alone? Yes. Wow. Now that's it's, quite an undertaking. Yeah. I mean, it's you're not solo the entire time. There's a ton of people on the trail. Sure. But I'm not planning on, like, I'm planning on hiking my hike. Uh, and that's the best way to do a long hike like that. You got to do what your body tells you and do what your mental, uh, basically fortitude can handle. What do you think that looks like? What do you think you can handle? I'm pretty good. I think I already did a, a 10, basically a 10 day hike, uh, a couple of years ago and I didn't have any problems with that out in New Mexico. So I don't think I'll have a problem doing that. So how many miles do you think you can cover in a day? In a day, I can do anywhere from 20 to 30 miles. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh. That's a heavy undertaking, yeah. man. Because now just doing a day hike, uh, you know, I max I did a summer was almost 17, and that was I was home by 2. Like, I started at 7 a.m. in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning, sorry, uh, right at dawn, and, you know, did 8 miles out, turned around, basically came 8 miles back, and then got my truck, came home, and mowed the grass. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Like I said, uh, I have definitely learned that you are a guy who is simply comfortable in his own skin. You like the things that you like. Yep. You throw yourself into them with a passion. And so I wish you the best of luck with all of these endeavors, gutting your house, building your computers, getting back into rifle, hiking the Appalachian Trail. And I have one final question for you. Yes. Can you give us like a classic Mr. Goggler sign off as we say goodbye at the end of this interview? Sure. And thank you, and enjoy your day here at Suddenly High School, home of the Mighty Spartans. Thank you very much, Mr. Goggler. I really enjoyed talking to Mr. Goggler. As I said several times in the interview, he's just a guy who's comfortable in his own unique skin. And that about wraps up our episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the stunt casting with my eight-year-old daughter. Nine, nine. 
with my nine-year-old daughter, Lorelai, who's in the second grade. I'm in third grade. All right, I give up. I don't know this kid at all. Now, that episode featured the rifle team. If you know a team or a club or an individual that we should shine a light on here at the Spartan Life, send us an email at slspartanlife at slsd.org. And follow us on social media at slspartanlife. All right. From me and my co-host, Lorelai. Bye. Hello. That is... (laughs) Can you, like, don't get so close?